My name is Dave Hollenbach, the host of From Embers to Excellence, a podcast that explores the many facets of leadership from the perspectives of some amazing people. We discuss the triumphs and failures that have shaped our lives and our leadership philosophies. I've found that it isn't whether we fail that defines us, but when we do fail, how we respond. Leaders dust off the ashes and use their failures as fuel to work harder and as lessons to come back wiser and stronger, more resilient, more determined, and more committed to excellence. Today, I'm speaking with Minerva Salas, the founder and CEO of OMG Creative Solutions. Minerva is a dynamic and visionary multicultural leader and storyteller with over 15 years of multimedia and international relations experience working in the U.S. and Latin America. Uh, In her current role, she helps bridge cultural gaps and language barriers for local and foreign businesses that want to expand in the U.S. markets for opportunities to increase brand awareness. She has worked as an independent producer and on-air TV contributor for ABC's digital cable channel. Uh, That's ABC News Now. In addition, she developed audiovisual news packages for ABC News programs. She is a graduate student at Columbia University School of International and Public Affairs, pursuing uh, a master's in management and innovation with an emphasis in technology, media, and communications. She is fluent in multiple languages that include English, Spanish, Portuguese, French, and conversational Italian. And um, we'll, we'll go into what OMG Creative Solutions is, what, uh, what kind of led you into founding that organization. And uh, really, I'd like to get a, a, you know, a little bit of information about your uh, background and uh, background with ABC. And, uh, but first, uh, before we started recording, um, we talked about where you were born and raised, and so you were you were raised in New Jersey and went to uh, what was it Seton Hall? Is that the where you got your bachelor's? Correct, Seton Hall University. That is correct. Yeah, can you can you give me a little information about what what life was like growing up in New Jersey and what what your family was like? Absolutely. Uh, well, New Jersey is a small state, and it's a it's a it's a state that it's the counties are communities. You know, everyone always tries to find that community. So I grew up in New Jersey in Monmouth County, New Jersey, which is about an hour hour fifteen minutes from New York City, and it's a coastal town. It was in a coastal town, so I spent my summers on the you know with friends on the beach, and it was a very it was a nice upbringing. I attended a private uh, Catholic schools and I also went to private Catholic high schools. So the whole experience has been wonderful. And I think it really shaped uh, myself now in opening myself up to doing a lot of um, community work, getting involved with the community because of my upbringing. What, 
did your parents do for a living? Uh, I imagine that they had a, a pretty significant influence on, on your life growing up. Absolutely. Well, my mother, um, she was a hardworking woman. Uh, she was a, she worked in her, her, her country. She's from Panama and she worked as an accountant. Then when she came to the United States, she had to learn the language, the culture and raise five children. So she was a super mom from day one. And she did a lot of accounting work. She did a lot of business management, but it was also challenging. She was raising five children. Um, my stepfather, he was an engineer for the government and he handled all the logistics for the government in Monmouth County, working from Monmouth County. Wow. Um, so you've got four siblings. Where, where do you uh, rank in the hierarchy there? Well, yes, I'm right in the middle, right in the middle. Um, and unfortunately, uh, we had a loss, I lost a brother a few years ago and which impacted our family tremendously. So right now there are four of us. Well, sorry for your loss. I, I lost my younger brother two years back as well. It's, it's tough. Yes. You studied communications. So I did enter for communications, which covered broadcasting. It covered print, public relations, but I've always loved the television, the media world. And so that's what I focused in. I also did uh, some physical sci exercise science with physical therapy. I, I, while in college, I was a uh, personal trainer and I also fitness instructor. So I was in very good shape while in school, the opposite of what most of my classmates were. Um, but it was an interesting, you know, it was communications. It was general at the time. I believe now it's more specific because now we have social media, digital media, but it was a, it was a good, good learning foundation for what I wanted to do. Right out of college, how, how did you transition into uh, the media? Well, I am always a proactive person. I don't sit around and wait for, you know, opportunities to, to come to your lap. So I entered our career center and I was looking for an opportunity to work at one of the networks in New York. I just visualized myself working there. And I saw an opening for an internship, a paid internship, which was very rare at that time. And at ABC, I said, why not? You know, what do I have to lose? So I went, I sent a letter in and they called me and actually was hired the day of my interview. Wow. Mm-hmm. Now, yes. I, I'm, I'm curious, where, um, well, you're, you're multilingual. Uh, did you study all of those languages or is it like your upbringing? Now, interestingly, my background is Latin Mediterranean. Uh, my mother does speak Spanish. Uh, she will talk to us in Spanish if she's upset. But mostly we, I learn the first language till I was a teenager. I went to the Caribbean for a few months to live with a family and that's how I learned Spanish. So it was, I was thrown into it. And once I learned that language, I loved communicating with people and other cultures that I wanted to continue. So then when I, after my brother passed away, went to Panama and I learned Portuguese, Brazilian Portuguese and, pa and Panama. 
then after that, I got in, I wanted to, I just kept meeting more and more interesting people because it was such an international city that I started learning Italian and now I'm emphasizing more on my French. So I didn't just learn it from here. I actually studied with professors. I spent weekends, mornings, nights studying. I had a person tell me the other day, oh, it's easy for you. He goes, no, it's not easy for me because I speak one language. I study for these languages and I love it. And so I'm, I'm really proud of that, that I was able to do that. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. I, I try to speak Spanish. Um, it helped me when I, when I traveled to Europe, spent time in France, Italy, Germany. And when uh, I couldn't really speak French, I tried, but um, you know, at restaurants and stuff, usually if they didn't speak English, they, they could speak Spanish and I'd be able to work my way through it that way. Right, uh, exactly. Just wing your, wing your way through that one. Yeah. <laughs> now, what, what really influenced you to, to branch out and, and found your own organization? Well, and that's a very interesting question and it's a, the pillar of why I do the things I do. Being that I was a very young, you know, I was actually hired ABC News before I graduated college. So that was interesting. So I was a, practically a baby and I was swimming with these sharks with a lot of experience, the top of the top, this was the number one, and it still is the, the number one media company in the world, uh, which is owned by Walt Disney Company. And working in that industry, I realized there were not too many opportunities for women or multicultural women. So that's why I sensed I wanted to try different things. So I kind of left, branched off to other areas in communications. I did some work with um, newspapers, magazines. And then I realized, you know, I know enough. I feel more confident in my skill set. Why not start my own company? And again, going back to my brother, when I guess my brother's death, you know, catapults, pain catapults you to do things. So shifting to Panama, which is one of my mother's home country, I met the world there. And there were a lot of multinationals coming there, a lot of, it was an interesting time. And my skill set, my knowledge became very valuable to these types of companies. And that's how I started my agency. So it's just like one thing led to another. Can you tell me a little bit about, well, the, what your company specializes in and, and what you're most proud of? Well, my company is a digital media creative agency, okay? We specialize in multi-platform digital content. We create platforms, develop and create platforms. We do media productions, podcasts, which are, as you know, you're doing as well. And we also do online training. And so what we do is we help companies gain exposure and knowledge across our platforms. When did you actually found OMG Creative Solutions? Well, I found it when I was abroad. I started as just a small agency. And then it's been fairly new here in the States. So it's been probably since 2019 here in the States. Prior to that, I did international work. So it's a fairly new company, but there's so much in demand now with digital media that it's growing. 
and I'm so grateful to it. I'm actually uh, quite busy now and things are growing and it's, it's moving in a good, you know, in a right path, which is great. Since beginning in the United States uh, in 2019, what do you feel is your biggest accomplishment since, since then? Work-wise, with my business? Yes, ma'am. Okay. I would say that able to sustain my business and that I had a vision before all this, even before the pandemic about digital media, even when I went going, going a little further back, when I started working at ABC News, I didn't work with the broadcast department. I went into the technology department, which was fairly something new, but I always knew that's going to be the future. The same thing with my company now. I knew this was the future, you know, the digital media, the podcast, the training. So my, I'm a visionary. You know, I, I being working so many years in the media, I always look out for trends. What's happening now? What's happening next? So I was a little bit ahead of the game to get involved with all this digital media. And my biggest accomplishment is that I'm able to support and help other companies. You know, I, I interview a lot of incredible um, entrepreneurs. I hear their stories. Um, I also help them with their communication skills. So able to take all that you've learned and able to help these companies with authenticity and really wanted them to succeed because it's such an amazing feeling. You know what I mean? You, you have this gift, which is, you know, earned skills, of course, but you're able to help others. And I think I've done that a lot and getting the feedback and receiving all this um, recommendations and, you know, comments about my business has been amazing. It's been really amazing. I would imagine it, it hasn't been um, the easiest uh, you know, it, based on just my, you know, low level understanding of the media world, it's, it's fairly male dominated. And I was just wondering um, what your experiences have been like and how you've, how you've managed to overcome uh, a lot of those issues that, that come with being uh, a woman in a male dominated field. And, and, you know, maybe you've got some advice that you could share with young women that are uh, stepping out and, and looking to, to do what you've done. Well, I can say it's not for everyone, you know, only because you want, it's not a type of industry or oh, because I want to be on television or I want to be seen and heard. That's not the industry. The industry is very demanding you have to deliver. And especially when you're in a top market, New York is the top market and there's, it's very competitive. So you know what you're getting into. You have to know what you're getting into. Do your research with any company, any business. Don't just assume. And everybody's experience is different. But from my own experience, at the time that I was there, there were very few women and very few women look like me. And I was also in the tech department. So you can imagine I stood out like pink elephant with purple dots. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I definitely was different, but I knew I always had this strength, this inner strength. And I have, I have thick skin. When you, my mother would say pain in life teaches you a lot of things. You know, it will teach you a lot of things in life and it makes you be a little more resilient. And one thing that I can master is resilience. 
because I've earned my stripes. I had to work my way up. So an advice that I give to any woman out there is know yourself, know exactly what you want because people can't guess what you want. Do your research, know what you're getting into and be realistic. You're gonna have challenges. You're gonna have critics. You're gonna have a lot of hits, but you need to, if you own yourself, you own yourself, you know who you are, you're confident in your abilities, you'll bypass that. So I'm at a point in stage in my life that I don't have to prove myself to anyone but God. That's it. That's it. So, and I just love what I do and I just keep doing it because it's just something I know it's part of my calling. One of the things that you said, it, it, it's really interesting because, uh, well, I, I, I've written a book and in that book, I reference, it's a, a carving on one of the pillars um the the oracle at delphi uh there the the temple there there was all these pillars and the the number one carving and in, in the main pillar going into the temple is know thyself and you'll find that throughout human history one of the most important things that we can do is to really know ourselves. And it's not the easiest thing. No, it's not. No. So how, how do you identify and, and how would you define yourself? You know, if somebody was to ask you, like, who, who are you? Who are you at your core? what really drives you and, and, you know, what gives you meaning and, and purpose? You know, it's a, it's a very good question. And again, it, the foundation is knowing who you are and it's not easy. It takes years, it takes years of a lot of um, challenges. And like you said before, issues, you have to go through all that, all those storms, to start to then clear out, okay, this is who I am. This is what I'm supposed to do. So I always have a good inner feeling of something like this is good. And I read people as well, you know, it's not about what you think you can give to people. It's what, what people need. What do people need? How can you help them to achieve their goals? So that's what it's about. And when we start out, especially when we're, you know, very young on, it's always, oh, I have this great idea. I have this and this. No, that's great. But it's, how's that going to help someone else? How can someone else benefit from that? So I know that my background, my skill set, all the years of my work in this industry, I can help other people. And I'm a good listener. And I also have good intuition. Again, that comes with years experience and going through all the ups and downs. So one of my strengths is my passion. I'm very passionate. I'm authentic to who I am. Again, I don't prove to myself to anyone else. I, I learned to be focused. That was a, quite of a challenge because I, I love to do different things, but it's staying focused, being true who you are and finish what you start. That's another thing, finish what you start. So I, I say it's, you know, it's a journey. It's a journey in life and it'll keep, you'll keep learning. Every day you're gonna learn something new, it doesn't end only until you stop breathing on this planet. So every day we have to embrace what we learn and keep going on that path and staying focused to what we wanna do. 
a lot of what you just said. So I, I, I talk a lot about leadership and, and the foundation, the bedrock of effective leadership is really effective communication. And the biggest part of communication is listening. Correct. And, and really being able to empathize with, with the people that you're working with, with the people that you're leading so that you can know them know what their needs are and really as a leader you're you're you've obligated yourself to ensure the success of your people and it's almost exactly what you just said and one of the things that i i talk a lot about and one of the things that i've um, found in my research and i don't know if you're familiar with dan goleman but uh daniel goleman is really the, the guy that uh, coined the term emotional intelligence. And mm -hmm. there's all these layers of emotional intelligence and what you'll find in you know, leadership research most recently when you, when you talk about um, you know, servant leadership, it's uh, really getting to know your people, but there's, there's different layers of emotional intelligence and emotional intelligence is the biggest uh, defining factor of whether or not somebody is going to be successful as a leader. So the more emotionally intelligent you are, the, the more effective as a leader you'll be. And there are strengths and weaknesses in the genders by and large, you know, there's women tend to be better communicators than men. They tend to um, be better at empathizing, better at uh, creating and maintaining relationships. And, and those are all key components. Those are the biggest pieces of effective leadership. And those are the areas that, that women really score much higher when being evaluated for emotional intelligence. And, and I find it interesting that when you look at male dominated organizations, male dominated occupations, there tends to be a, a lack of leadership, a lack of effective leadership. And it's one of the things that I've been trying to change the mindset and especially for the fire service that's where i come from that's my background and it's a very exclusive culture that tends to exclude women and many times women will uh and especially in male dominated organizations tend to wait until they're way, way overqualified for a position before they actually attempt to go after a promotion or something like that. I'm, I'm just wondering if you have any advice. You've, you've been there, you've done that, and I feel like there needs to be more empowerment of women. You know, maybe it's a culture thing where, you know, as women are being raised, that you know, where by and large men are like, push, just, you know, it's okay, just go for it. 
you know, who cares? Whereas it, it seems to be in our culture that, you know, as young girls and young women, they don't really get encouraged to push the envelope as much. And it, I guess it really depends on one's upbringing. Because, I mean, you seem extremely motivated. Maybe you can speak from your own personal experience. Maybe what you've experienced in, in the media world. Maybe give some advice to, to women that are pursuing careers in male-dominated organizations. I would first forget that you're a woman. I know it's hard to do that. You're coming in as an equal. You have to see yourself as an equal and that you're also capable to do what the men are doing in that field. So once you let go of those, of those labels, those titles, which creates limitations, by the way, then you can, you know, again, once you honed your skills, once you're confident in your skin, it's about the confidence that, you know, you got to have that confidence. If you don't, you're going, no matter what you do, it's, you're going to scale off. You're going to, you're going to doubt yourself. So you have to have that confidence in your abilities. Forget that you're a woman. Go in there and let your work speak for itself. Once you do great work, the men are even going to be your biggest allies. So it's important to focus on why you're there, okay, and deliver. And forget about all that. And, and, and also, too, um, you had mentioned before that women are more empathetic and, you know, they're great listeners. That's also a lot to do with their upbringing, how girls are raised versus how boys are raised. Okay. And how women are more social than men. And that helps a lot because communication is everything. It helps with anything with not just work, also personal life. People can't read each other's mind. Don't assume communicate and don't be afraid to communicate what you have to say. But it's so important when you work with male-dominated um, or in your room of other males, don't see yourself as different. You are just like them. You belong at that table and you can do this job and you're not there to compete. You're there to collaborate. And I think once you see you as part of the team, then that becomes an easier, um, you know, an easier atmosphere to, to, work, to work in. So I, I have a, 14 year old daughter, I try and encourage her. And I, you know, I tr try and share with her a lot of what I learned through interviewing people on this podcast, women like you that have so much to offer. I, I just, I love sharing the, the information with her. Um, she's just, She's an amazing young woman, and uh, I just, you know, it, it frightens me that, you know, she can go out into the world after she graduates from college and all of that and chooses her, her own path and then be treated in a way that she doesn't deserve just because she's a woman, you know? And right. so... And, and I hate the fact that uh, a lot of times it's, you know, well, you've got to have thick skin. Well, I mean, the reality is that you do, you know, and it's unfortunate. I, I'm curious, you know, you talked a little bit, bit about your, your mother and your father and 
you know, your life growing up. Who would you say, well, maybe not just from your, your family, but maybe in your professional life as well, maybe some of your mentors and, and lessons that you've learned that have really helped you develop professionally? I would say my mentors came more later in life. Um, my parents divorced when I was right before I was to enter college, my stepfather, my mother. And so I was, I learned to be on my own and to kind of learn the ropes as I go along. I wish I did have mentors when I was at ABC News or earlier on in my media career. But as I started to get more involved with what I'm doing, your energy, your passion, you'll find like-minded individuals. You know, I always say you don't attract what you want, you attract what you are. So if you want like-minded people, passionate people, you need to be that, okay? So I attracted those type of people into my life and gratefully, men, you know, I've had good mentors, women mentors, male mentors, different backgrounds. And we all need mentors because we don't know it all. I know it's hard for some people, <laughs> we do not know it all. And, you know, we always could use some, someone else to say, hey, look, how about this way? Try this way. So it's important to have mentors. And if you can have them early on, the better. Even in high school, start from high school and start honing what is it you wanna do. And as you get into your career, especially as an entrepreneur, mentorship is very important because you don't have a company behind you. You're on your own. So having a mentor there is very, very important. And I moved to Florida recently and I have to say, I've met some incredible mentors here. They have just been phenomenal. And mostly women, women, older women, you know, no, it's about my age, I would say, but they just, their knowledge is so much more. You know what I mean? They're just incredible. And I feel I can relate to them. And it's just a great feeling to know that people can understand you and that you have someone that you can bounce off your ideas. So, I love that you mentioned mentorship because that's so important to have a mentor. In your organization, I would imagine that there are individuals that you're mentoring. <laughs> what do you find is, is maybe a skill that you find yourself helping others most of the time develop? Is there I, anything that's consistent? I would say fear of speaking up. Uh, a lot of these women fear they may say the wrong thing or they may not say it right. And, you know, it's important to know what you're saying, but it's also how you say it. That's where the emotional intelligence comes in. It's how you say it, how you deliver yourself. So a lot of times I have um, in my team, they are afraid, oh, I didn't want to ask, no, ask the questions. I take the fear of them asking questions because I want to know because I don't want them to keep doing this something that we have to go down the line or we have to redo over again. I'd rather know from the very beginning. So I'm always open to any comments, questions they have. And they, they, I, I notice a change. They feel open, they feel comfortable that are not, I don't micromanage, you see. I let them, I guide them, but I give them their independence as well. And that's important. I'm so happy that I got this opportunity to talk with you because I, I know that, well, there's 
in, in my audience, it's, it's mostly veterans and, and first responders. I, I, I think that there are, it's more than just that based on the, the demographics that I have been collecting. Um, but it, it's interesting what you're sharing with me, the fear of failure it mm-hmm. is so inhibiting. And when you lack somebody, well, when the people that are guiding you ha- have you afraid of making mistakes, it, it doesn't promote um, a good working environment. It, it doesn't promote creativity. It, uh, it tends to stifle um, the, the synergy of the team. And, and it's just, I, I love the fact that so much of what you're saying ties right in to what so many people need to hear. You know, that it's, you shouldn't be afraid to fail. And as a leader, you should you know, let people know that like, as long as you're, you're trying, as long as you're bringing ideas to the table, even if they're bad ideas, at least it can generate some conversation and, and, you know, differences of opinion and and ideas and you end up with, well, better ideas. (laughs) You're helping organizations. and, And one of the things that you mentioned was that um, you mentioned podcasts. So is it that you help people develop podcasts or? No, um, oh, that'll be a lot of work. I actually, because of pandemic, you know, prior to the pandemic, I was doing media productions, you know, talent, even abroad, I did a program and then the pandemic hit. So many things were closed down. There was a lot of limitations to what you can do. And that's how I started my podcast. I don't believe in limitations. I believe in shifting. So I, with the podcast, even with the pandemic, I was able to do it. So, but I have the experience in media. I have the experience in journalism in interviewing. I have a good ear. I'm a good, you know, I'm also empathetic to listening to people's stories. So what I do is I interview influential, successful women, and I want to hear their personal journeys and professional careers and how they also can help other people succeed. And lately I've added fathers of daughters because my male audience has been growing, okay? So I did a special in June about fathers of daughters and actually it was a two-part podcast. And, but I'm very specific to what I ask these women. I study them and I kind of know a good idea of what, well, how they can really benefit our listeners. So it's, it's been kind of, you know, how everything shifted. So I enjoy doing it. And it's a different because now I'm being interviewed, which is quite different. But when you're interviewing, I have, it's, it's a different, it's very different. You know, it's a, uh, you know what you're going to say, you know, how, you know, you're kind of more in the, uh, the captain of the ship. So, but that platform has become very popular. And I have women lined up already to want to be interviewed. And I love hearing their stories. And it's, we all have a story. We all have a story. 
We all can teach someone something. You know, I didn't know that. Wow, I wish I could have done that. And that's what's really important. So, so that's what I do. I have, I produce it and also the talent for the podcast. So it's, uh, and it's been doing well, thankfully. What is the name of your podcast? Okay, it's my name, uh, Minerva's Creative Conversations. Like I was saying, I, I have this wonderful daughter and she's incredibly intelligent. I talk with her about philosophy and you know, leadership and she's, um, she's quite gifted. When someone is highly intelligent and highly accomplished, they're, I, I feel like, well, just from knowing my daughter, I feel like she puts a lot of pressure on herself to keep on achieving, which is great, but she puts a lot of pressure on herself that isn't necessary because she is so, so intelligent. And then on top of that, when, when you stand out, because she is so intelligent, she's a, a gifted ballerina, gifted piano player, she's uh, an accomplished, well, not accomplished, accomplished for her age. She, she was, had a large role in a school production and, you know, singing and acting. And I never knew that she could sing. And, <laughs> but she's also very pretty. And with, with the intelligence and the talents, all the talents. And, yeah. Well, and, mm -hmm. and just, being a very, very pretty um, young woman, you know, there can be conflicting messages, um, you know, and there can be just how uh, people interact with her and uh, how they treat her differently. Um, I, I try and encourage her to view it as she has all of these talents and there is going to be a lot of people that aren't as accomplished as her that may become jealous and treat her poorly because of that. Mm -hmm. And it's even more likely if she is um, boastful about her talents. So I've encouraged her to be humble, but help other people that may not have her same capacity you know because if she's able to help lift other people up bring them closer to her level then you know not only does that enrich her life but it enriches theirs and um, i feel like with all of your talents and and what you're doing and just i love the fact that you are interviewing so many women and I'm looking forward to listening to your podcast because I'd like to have my daughter uh, pick up some of these things just because I feel like it's so important for young women to, to have that encouragement and um, really to, to be empowered to, to step out of their comfort zone and, and not be afraid of failure. Exactly, exactly. 
it's okay. You get to, you get to success by failing, unfortunately. And it's not that you fail, failed. It, it's God shifting you to something else. So it's all learning. It's part of the journey and it's okay. It's okay. And that's the thing. It's, you know, we, things don't always happen the way we want it, but sometimes it comes out better. And with that mindset, it shifts you to something better. And it usually does. So, but we have to go through the storms, you know, you know, you say we have all these storms and then the sun comes out. It's the same thing. So, you know, it's all part of the journey. I was wondering, we've covered a lot of ground, but before we go, I was wondering if there is anything that we didn't touch on that, that you feel is important for the listeners, not just women, but men as well. I, you know, I think now more than ever with uh, everything that's happening, a lot of people are, are creating a lot of self-doubt. What do I do next? You know, there's a lot of uncertainty in the air. And I think that's important to meditate, uh, stay grounded. I always believe in that process of elimination, take out things you don't really need. You know, this pandemic is about taught us, you know, a lot of things. It could have been very difficult for many people, but it's also could be a blessings to others. You spend more time with your family, you get to focus on what you wanted to do that you couldn't do before. So this pandemic for men and women, you have to meditate. You got to go deep. You have to remain positive. This is not going to last forever. It's just not. I mean, we're going to go through our hurdles here, but it's also a time to eliminate things in your life that's not working for you and do that shift. This is a time to shift. So if you're at a point in your life right now that you're not happy, you're not where you want to be, just stop, meditate, and eliminate things that don't work for you. And then you're going to find your path. And I think that's important now, especially with everything that's happening. Thank you so much for agreeing to come on and, and speak with me. This has been awesome. I, well, I, look, you. I look forward to sharing this with my daughter. And um, you know, I, I'm certain that my listeners are going to get a lot out of this. Uh, but bef- uh, one more thing before we go, just for the listeners, if they want to contact you or um, you know, learn more about what you do, um, what, what's the best way, uh, to contact you or to, to find out more about your organization? Uh, you can visit my website, uh, OMG creative solutions.com. You can call us at 917-477-7725. And from our website, if you go to connect with us, you can send us a message and we'll get back to within 72 hours. Awesome. All right. And I will have all of that information in the show notes, uh, along with a link to your podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So for all you listening out there, uh, omgcreativesolutions.com and Minerva's Creative Conversations podcast. Uh, Check out the link in the show notes and uh follower you should subscribe to her podcast 
Thank you so much, Minerva. I really appreciate it. And I look forward to talking with you in the near future and, and listening to your podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you, Dave. Thank you so much for, your, for inviting me today. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for listening to this episode of From Embers to Excellence. Please like and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Follow me on your favorite podcast platform and visit hollenbachleadership.com for additional content. My goal is and always will be to add value to as many people as possible. So if I can be of any assistance to you or someone you know, please connect with me via email or on one of my social media accounts linked on the homepage of my website. Remember, our failures don't define us unless we let them, and the only true measure of a leader is the success of their team.